You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. It is good to be with you again. Thanks for joining us here on the Health Call Radio Hour. want to kick things off asking you to set aside, just set aside everything that you know about aging and growing older. Today, you're going to meet a doctor who says we're just a few years away from some really mind-blowing advancements that literally are going to allow you to turn back the clock, actually reset your age and your health to where you were more than 20 years ago. Dr. Michael Roizen is the author of several best-selling books, and his latest is called The Great Age Reboot, Cracking the Longevity Code for a Younger Tomorrow. I have been following the science of how we age for quite a while, and his book does a good job of gathering together lots of different experimental treatments and theories explaining how they create the possibility of being more than 90 years old but living in a body that feels and functions as if you were 50 again. It's pretty amazing, right? Sounds crazy, but a number of researchers are actually doing this in the lab. The first part of the book walks you through 14 different mechanisms to slow or reverse aging. And one of them involves something called the epigenome layer. That's a a layer of instructions that sit on top of your DNA, telling the genes to make various proteins, turning those switches on or off. Those proteins control a number of functions in our cells and our organs, and as we age, well, things go wrong and they don't function the way they used to. So just like rebooting a computer, Dr. Roizen says resetting this instruction layer, it resets your body to a younger you. Exactly. So we think a lot of aging, one of the 14 theories of aging mechanism is that you cause errors in your original epigenetic factory settings, the original settings you add, and that that causes aging. Yamanaka, a Japanese scientist in 2004, um, won the Nobel Prize for finding the four genes that reset that your epigenes back to their original settings. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, their original settings were for growth, and you don't want unrestrained growth. So when you do this in mice, 107-week-old mice, and turn on those four genes that Yamanaka discovered, you reset the mouse back to a 40-week-old mouse from 107-week-old, literally making the organs of the mouse younger, letting the mouse live longer. Unfortunately, a large number of the mice get unrestrained growth of one or more cells and develop cancer. So the point is, can you turn on some of those Yamanaka factors, reset it without getting cancer? And three groups now have reset just the three group, three genes, and they reset the mouse to a younger mouse without them developing cancer so far. We don't know whether you can do this repeatedly. Imagine you could do it repeatedly, but if you reset that, the mouse's organs and functioning 
becomes that of a younger mouse. They even look younger. The skin becomes younger. It increases elastin and collagen production. Um, that, but that's just one of the 14 areas, um, epigenetic reprogramming. Pretty fascinating to think, though, that I'll go through some sort of a reset process at some point and become the younger me. It's, that's mind-blowing. It really is. Lee, how old are you? I'm 65. So imagine yourself as being 40 again in 10 years. So um, that's what this is about. So the mind-blowing part of the science, which is the first third of the book, as you said, we divide it into three, is fascinating, meaning you're, there are 14 areas of aging research, which in at least two animal species have rebooted the mouse or the guinea pig or the sheep back to a younger mouse or guinea pig or sheep. Now, we don't know whether this can be done in humans, but a lot of this is moving into humans. Pretty fascinating. And then lots of social impact from that decision. So if I go back from age 75 to age 40, um, that means that I, it's going to change the way I, I live, right? I'm, I'm not possibly going to need... Well, that's the middle part of the book, as you said. Yeah. It's it's uh, banking on the great age reboot, because instead of having to worry about pensions, or instead of having to worry about uh, Medicare and Social Security not being adequately funded, if you're going to live 30 years longer in good health, you're going to work 20 years longer, pay into Social Security and Medicare. The compounding effect actually solves the government um, fiscal problems. It increases tax revenue. It increases Social Security and Medicare trust fund revenue so considerably that it ends up, if, if we get there fast enough, it ends up um, eliminating that worry and problem. And your co-authors also delve into the idea of it's going to change our environment at home. How, are, how might our homes be different uh, if we're all healthy later in our lives? If you're going to live 30 years longer in good health, you're not going to leave your home for retirement community. You're not going to give up your home, which means we're already short of housing in America and we will get more short, which will also mean we need different homes for seniors. So one of the thought is if you're, um, maybe it's a big family enclave, or enclave, if you will, where you'll be with your grandkids and your great-grandkids and your great-great-grandkids. Or maybe it is just two of you living in a small apartment that's attached to large central living space where you can have a posse and a group you get together with. So we don't know what the, I mean, there are all kinds of potential changes, but one of which is that if we're living longer, instead of the population not growing very much, as the Congressional Budget Office says, it predicts that from now till 2050, we'll have about a 10% um, increase in our population, the slowest growth we've had ever since it's been recorded over a 30-year period. We, we won't, we'll have, we expect a 35% growth, um, assuming immigration stays about the same and birth and fertility rates stay about the same, then we will have a older 
larger population that functions much younger, that changes what we need in housing as well. And it's not just housing. A lot of other areas of society could change if we have a bunch of 90 or 100-year-olds who are healthy instead of living in pain or with dementia. We may be 10 years away from that full-body reboot treatment that Dr. Mike talked about, but he says a breakthrough is close that's going to help your body regrow damaged tissues, say, after a heart attack or stroke. We're going to jump into that and how an inexpensive generic drug holds promise against Alzheimer's. Man, we have a lot to cover, so do your aging body a favor and stay with us for more of the Health Call Radio Hour here on WoWo. This is Health Call Live. We're glad you're listening, but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. If you're just tuning in, glad to have you here. We're halfway through a conversation with Dr. Mike Roizen, the author of The Great Age Reboot, a book that looks at just how close we are to cracking the longevity code, actually learning how to help us stay healthy deep into old age. Even one day, resetting our bodies so that we become 20, 30 years or more younger. Now, he says that level of breakthrough, it's still way out there. It's over the horizon a ways. But coming at us much faster, much sooner, is a new way to regrow damaged tissue using stem cells. Listen as he explains how close we are to producing stem cells on a mass scale, an industrial production model that will allow us to revolutionize how your body repairs heart tissue. For example, damaged muscle after a heart attack. Stem cells repair such a thing, you would need someplace between 20 and 40 million stem cells injected at least. Most stem cell effects in the U.S. are um, frauds. That is, they give you growth factors, which may be the healthy thing, but they're giving you 500 to 800, maybe as many as 8,000 stem cells. We really need. 20 to 40 million. So you're not getting any effect from the stem cell. What happens and why do we know that stem cells are so important in repair? Well, if you get a heart attack or stroke and you get to the hospital in time, you not only restore blood flow, important to saving some of the marginal cells, but the growth factors released by the dying cells call forth your stem cells, which then come in and over a period of six weeks or a little longer, repair that area. But we run out of stem cells. Stems, our own stem cells only duplicate 70 to 140 times. So what do you want to do? You would like to take a few of your stem cells, grow them in culture, the 20 to 40 million, and give them back to yourself. Mm-hmm. That one-off is very expensive. But If on the other hand, you can knock out the immunogenicity of stem cells and grow sheets of them in a mass production way, then you can give them to anyone, give heart stem cells 
to anybody who has a heart attack or brain stem cells to anyone who's had a uh, stroke or muscle to, or cartilage once to anyone. And the key is blocking the immunogenicity. Well, a guy named American scientist named Mike West found the technique for doing that. And it's now in big therapy treatments in Japan again. Um, they're mass producing these stem cells. And the first trial on people with what is called heart failure, giving them heart stem cells, has started using these mass produced immuno incompetent um, or not causing immunogenicity stem cells. So in other so words, that's a generic promise. They can go into anybody without causing the type of rejection, organ rejection that we see without the need for those anti-rejection you know, medications. I, I needed you to help write the book. You say it so clearly. <laughs> um, that's right. If it works, first results will probably be in in three years, and then it'll be three years after that. So seven years before it would become commercially available in the United States. It's going to be revolutionary for anybody with arthritis and joint damage and so many other tissue-related failures. That's going to be significant. Uh, tell me a thing or two about um, dementia. What's out there in the future that makes, because to me, I mean, uh, Dr. Mike, that to me is the most terrifying condition I'm going to face. Well, let me give you a, 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 a how low cost this could be. So at the Gladstone Institute at UC San Francisco, they looked at all, I think it was 1,353 drugs that were approved by the FDA, FDA and had become generic already. They looked at all the drugs, and one of the drugs, Umex, Umetamide, is a diuretic, $4 a month diuretic, and it blocked the effect in the computer simulation. They then went into animal models of Alzheimer's disease, same thing, the mice, 70% reduction in dementia. They then went into um, a human database, 1.4 million people, it blocked 71 and 72% of the risk of dementia compared with people who were taking other water pills. That's now gone into real human trials. So just imagine if giving a water pill that blocks that protein activation by the gene can, in fact, reduce dementia. We know now of 33 things that have been shown in at least two studies to decrease your risk of dementia and, in fact, grow your hippocampus. I already talked about physical activity turning on the gene arisen. But in fact, um, doing speed of processing games uh, builds hippocampal size, regenerates neurons in the hippocampus. So we've learned a whole bunch about 32 things. Some of the simple things, um, smelling, four different smells. So I love coffee. Smell it in the morning. That's one of the smells. Huh. Um, onions, garlic, rosemary, whatever you like the four smells in animal trials. Smelling four smells every day decreases your risk of dementia. One of the reasons we fear COVID a lot and that the Spanish flu of the 1917 to 19 was so lethal 
it increased the risk of dementia of the Parkinsonian type. And we worry about that with COVID-19 as well, because it affects those same nerves that are the smell nerves of the of the of the olfactory system of your smelling system. Again, that is Dr. Mike Roizen, author of The Great Age Reboot. It's a book filled with lots of information about advancements in the science of aging and how we can live longer, better. You've heard just a few minutes out of a 45-minute conversation I had with Dr. Mike. You'll find that out on the Health Call website. You can go to healthcall.live, healthcall.live, and watch the whole video version of the interview there. One of the things you're going to hear is why he says exercise is so vitally important and what it does in your body, how it triggers gene reactions that slow the aging process. Also, why he says he takes a baby aspirin every morning and every night, and also the importance of what he calls the three P's and why it's so vital to how well you age. The three P's, that's posse, friends and relationships, purpose, finding meaning to your life, and play, taking time to enjoy things in life. Lots of smart people are zoning in on a treatment that turns back the clock. But until then, Dr. Roizen says our choices around food, sleep, exercise, and lifestyle, they're huge factors in what genes are activated and how our body ages. I've got all the links you need in the show notes of the podcast for this episode, or you can find it on the Health Call Facebook page or out there, as I said, on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. Hey, we have a lot more to come, so I hope you'll stay tuned for the second half of the Health Call Radio Hour here on WoWo. Podcasts by Federated Media.